Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our midweek service with special guest, Pastor Reggie Green of Reach San Fernando Valley in a message about mountain movers. Enjoy this message. Baby, I appreciate that. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, we are so grateful, uh, Pastor Omar, Pastor Letty, just for opening your hearts. And I don't know about you, but it feels good to be wanted. You know, we, as a, you know, and that's what I kept saying is just like, man, they, they wanted us. How many know it feels good to be wanted? And, um, you know, so, so I'm just grateful. Thank you for the opportunity. Pastor Isaac, your church guys opened just amazing, uh, hospitality. There's a lot. I was like, this is new. This is amazing. I feel, I feel good. I'm used to just, you know, you know, just doing my thing, helping at the church. And, um, so I'm grateful for that. It's just an honor. It feels well. And just thank you so much for uh, just giving us this opportunity, a lot to be with you guys. Uh, I'm excited just to be a brother to you guys, you know, um, both uh, literally and, f- and, and, you know, and figuratively, because I'm half black, half Mexican. And so, you know, I, I, I you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, it, it's true, it's true. Hey, <laughs> both real, it's a, you know what I'm saying? Fried chicken and Mexican rice, you know what I'm saying? That was... <laughs> You know, barbecue on a Friday, quinceanera on a Saturday, you know. So I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful, though. I'm grateful. That's right. I'm grateful and um, just uh, thankful to be here. Just shout out to our my mom, the pastors at our church, my brother Bethel being here, just driving, man. Just to, how many know it's good to have good friends, um, people who are with you through the thick and thin? And, and Bethel has been that brother. And just I know I got some family uh, from our church there online, Carol, Angie. So just grateful. Thank you guys for jumping in. But I, I'm, I'm excited for the word. Anybody excited for the word today? I'm, I'm excited. And um, I, I do want to share. I always have a special place because I grew up a pastor's kid. Um, and I, you know, ever, you know, I grew up in the house of God. And I remember growing up and, and, and my dad had this way. People that came to his church were always... A lot of times they came from a gang background. They came from, you know, uh, broken families. They came from addiction. And, and, and their testimonies were so powerful to me. Just seeing what God did in their lives, how they transformed, uh, and what God would do. And I would, I would sit there thinking, you know, as I was growing up in the church, like, man, I want a testimony like that. You know, I want something like that. And, and, and as I got older, I, was just, I always thought, you know, because I grew up in church, I was like, I want to tell, how am I going to reach people if I don't have a testimony like that, right? And that was on my mind. That was on my heart. And as I grew, my friends who didn't grow up in church would say, no, you don't want that, man. You know, just be grateful for what you got. But I wrestled with it. I did. I wrestled with it. And I remember uh, a preacher that I really admired. And he had shared, and it transformed my life. And he was talking in particular about pastor's kids. And he said this. He says, what people call sheltered, because, you know, because pastor's kids say, oh, you're sheltered, you're covered. God calls favored. And I was about early, my early 20s. That transformed me because little did I know, growing up in church, I little did I know that God would call me to reach my generation, my culture. And growing up in church, I didn't realize it at the time, but there were seeds being planted in my life. God's word here, my dad preacher and other preachers, and God was planting seeds in my heart and in my mind in order to use me in a time like this where I did have to minister to my friends. And, and, and God gave me a head start. And even during that whole time, that was early 20s, I'm 34 now, and God began to, uh, he still gave me a, there was things that he still had to teach me and things I had to go through still, but he gave me my story, my testimony. And I love that the fact that God can use somebody that, you know, just grew up in church and he could use someone that grew up in the streets. 
He can transform it around. He gives you your own testimony. He gives you your own word. And what you and I got to do is just be in the habit of sticking close to him. Letting God figure it out. Letting God determine your footsteps. And we don't need to figure out. That's why God is God. He's the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He knows what's ahead of us. And God will lead you and God will guide you where you need to go. So just a quick shout to all those of you who might be growing up in church. Don't, be, don't despise that. And we're going to talk about this. I've got so much I want to share. But we're going to talk about this. And I believe that God's going to speak and God's going to transform. I, w- I want to look in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 1 to 14. And I want to just, I want to read the whole passage because before we jump into this, I, I want us just to understand the whole picture because what we're going to do is we're going to pick out three things from this. I believe God's going to speak and then I'll be out your way. But I want us to understand, I want us to read Zechariah chapter 4, uh, verse 1 to 14. And before we do, we got to, I want to just kind of lay a groundwork for it is that uh, when, we, when we read this chapter, the people of God had been in, 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 in Babylon bondage for a long time. They were finally uh, set free. God had ordered them. Enable them to go and build the temple of God. He had uh, uh, given that opportunity. And as they begin to build this temple, they begin to face opposition. They begin to face obstacles. They begin to have uh, 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 things that came against them. People would say certain things. There was things that were done to stop the process. And, and the heat and the pressure became so much that they stopped. And so what God had to do is he raised up Haggai. He raised up Zechariah in order to encourage the people of God to build again. And I don't know about you, but how many of you found yourself, maybe you're here tonight or you've been there, that where you started something, but because of the disappointments, distractions, discouragement, what people have said, what you have said, you stopped. You stopped. Because it got so intense, and guess, and, and that happens where the pressure can become so intense, the discouragement, the disappointment, you work hard, you work hard, but after setback, after setback, you find yourself saying, it ain't worth it. It started off good. You started off with zeal. You started off with passion. You started off like, yes, I can do this. But along the way, things came down and they stopped you. And so what, what Zachariah is doing here is God's going to give him a vision and about uh, uh, to, to Zerubbabel and the people of God in order to encourage them to continue the build. And so in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 1 to 14... I want to read this, but just for, we're going to lay this foundation. The Bible says that then the angel who talked with me returned and woke me up like someone awakened from sleep. He asked me, what do you see? I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lamps on it with seven channels to the lamps. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one by the right in the bowl and the other on its left. And I asked the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? He answered, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I replied. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. And then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it. God bless it. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of the temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Amen. Who dares despise the day of small beginnings? Since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel. Then I asked the Lord, I asked the angel, what are these two olive trees on the right and the left of the lampstand? Again, I asked him, what are these two olive branches beside the two gold pipes that pour out gold oil? He replied, do you not know what these are? 
No, my Lord, I said. So he said, these are the two who are the anointed to serve the Lord of all the earth. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for your promises that we can build our life upon. I rebuke everything that might be trying to hinder my brothers and sisters from receiving your word today. Speak plainly, Lord. Speak to our hearts. Transform us from the inside out. Lord, I pray today that I would decrease so that you would increase in this place. God, we love you. We thank you. And most of all, thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I've been meditating on this word for a long time. This was something that God had given to me at the end of 2021 in preparation for 2022. And he laid on my heart. It's something I cannot shake. It's something that's just been in me. And I've ministered on different parts of this message. And, and I felt that this was something not only just for our ministry, I believe for my life, but I believe it was something more. And began to dive into this and, and, and to look at this and begin to study it some more and begin to ask God, God, what does this mean for our ministry? What does this mean for people's lives? Because I believe that we're in a time where the devil is not playing fair. Because he knows his days are numbered. And this is why the battle is so intense in your mind and in your life. It's not by accident. It's not by accident that all hell breaks loose when you decide to serve the Lord. When you decide to get things right. When you decide to say, I'm no longer going to live this way. I want to live this way. You have to expect the fight. The devil knows his days are numbered. He's he's going after kids. He's going after everybody. He can every believer, every marriage, every relationship, every mind. It's not by accident mental health issues are on the rise. Emotional health issues are on the rise because the devil is not playing no games. But I know a God that don't play no games either. Okay. There's, and this is why, and I love what the Lord said. I love how Jesus functions because he says, what he said, he says, in this world, you will have trouble. He keeps it real. He, he keeps it plain. He says, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You're going to face some trouble. You're going to have some difficulty. Expect hardship. Expect valleys. Expect opposition. Expect haters inside your own mind. You can be your worst hater. Hello, somebody. Expect people from the outside. Expect it to come everywhere, left, right, top, and bottom. Expect the fight, but take heart. I have overcome the world. This is the promise. This is the, this is the, the promise to you and I. This is where we build our life on. It's not so much in that in this world you will have difficulty. And sometimes it's easier for us to focus on that. No, we got to focus on the Lord, the God that says, but take heart. Be encouraged in disappointment. Be encouraged in setback. Be encouraged in opposition. Be encouraged in failure. Because I, last time I checked, the Bible said he would never leave me. He would never forsake me. The last time I checked, the word says that any, no weapon formed against me shall what? Shall prosper. It's formed. It is shot at me. It sometimes it hits me. Sometimes it wounds me, but it will not have its eventual end, right? It will not have its final purpose. And, and one of the things I, 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 especially when it, in the physical, I'm a big brother to a, to a younger sister and a, and a younger brother. And, and, and I grew up fighting for them physically. That was my role. That was my job. And I took it. Because I was a big brother. Now, I came into the kingdom of God in the spiritual kingdom. One of the things of my pet peeves growing up, because I was bullied myself in ninth grade, is bullies. You know, that was something I, 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 don't, like to, I, I don't like that. I, I, I will fight on that all day. When it comes in the spiritual kingdom, the devil is a big bully. And so we're going to fight him today. I, I've told my ministry multiple times, you're not going to be afraid of the dark places. Every mountain, every valley, every demonic attack, you don't run, you face it. Right. Amen. Come on. I know this is I'm in the right place. I know we're in the right. We got good pastors. You got good people. 
that you're going to take the fight. You're going to be like David. I don't care how big you are. I'm going to jump on you. And this was the one thing that we know about David. David played the harp. He sang, right? He was emotional. He sat on the hillside writing psalms. But you mess with him, you mess with his family, you mess with his country, he will jump on you. He, he will jump on you in an instant, in a moment. And that's how you and I, in this day and age, in this time, have to be spiritually. I'm going to jump on you if you mess with my family. I'm going to jump on you if you mess with my mind. I know it's difficult. I know the enemy, he's big, he's ugly, he's mean. But I know who lives inside of me. Right, what, what, what did the word of God say? It says, the greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Come on, you got to build this. You got to build your life on this. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. You, are, you know what I'm saying? So you, you have to, and I want to challenge us today to have this understanding, this mindset that there's a kingdom that the Bible says is within the midst of us. It's the kingdom that you have access to. The minute that you humbled yourself to the Lord and say, I turn from my sins and I turn to you, you've entered into this kingdom. And in this kingdom, there's mighty weapons to tear down strongholds, as the Bible says, right? To defeat the enemy, to fight the unseen enemy, to tear down what, what kind of strongholds? The ones in your family, the ones in your mind, the family curses, the oppositions. God gave you weapons to destroy those things. And so you and I have to come up to that level. You've been in the kingdom. But you're not accessing none of these weapons. And I want to encourage you today to grab a hold of God, to access those weapons, and be who God has called you to be. One of the things I love about the Lord is that his strength and his power is not based on what I drive, or how many degrees I got, or the house that I live in. It's my relationship to him. And guess what? Anybody can have a relationship with the Lord. Anybody can come into the house, of, right? The glories come behind that curtain, as the Bible says, come into his presence. The Bible says, come boldly. It didn't say come perfect. It said, just come boldly. Bring your trash, as my, my dad says, right? Bring your trash. Bring everything that you got. Come boldly into the presence of God. Call into your father in heaven and say, Lord, I need you. I've got to have you. I need you in my family. I, I need you in my relationships. I need you in my mind. I don't have time to fake like he's with me. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I don't got time for that. You know what I'm saying? I'm 34. As I'm getting older, I'm like, hey, I, I got to do the things that work. I can't experience no more. I ain't not in my younger 20s and I can go and experiment. I can't do that. There's things on the line. Right? I'm not getting any younger. I'm getting older. I got kids, family. There's ministry. There's things. I got my own mind that I got to protect. So it's not time. I, I can't play those games no more. As a child of God, as you're a child of God, you understand this, that it, for some reason, the minute that you step outside, the devil's like, I got him. I got her. It doesn't it seem like that because he's going to get you anytime. And so you've got to keep your head on a swivel. You got to keep your eyes focused. And man, and God is now speaking to Zerubbabel and the people of God. All the things we talk, he's reminding them. He's going to remind them about who they are in the kingdom of God. About the job, about the opportunity that they have. And I want to break it down into three things. If we're going to continue to build, you're going to walk in this kingdom. There's so many things I had. There's a lot of messages that I have about the kingdom and accessing. But today I want to look at another part. If we're going to, in particular, is about building, is about rebuilding. Right? It's about continuing, and, and, and because some of you here today, you're building lives. 
You're building families. Some of you are the first people in your, to, to live for Jesus. Anybody like that? You're the first one to give your heart to Jesus. Some of you are the first people, hey, I'm getting my family out of poverty. I'm going to school. I'm doing this. Some of you are doing a lot of first things. You're building a, relation, a, a, a marriage. You're building family. You're, you're building something. Anybody building something today? Or maybe you were building and, and, and now it's lost, but we're going to encourage you the word of God that you're going to start rebuilding again. So in Zechariah chapter 4, we're going to start here. And the first thing I want to say is that when you are building, you have to speak to it. We're going to go somewhere. You have to speak to it. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth, and now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over it, over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. One thing you got to understand here is that it, the world, the Bible says, it was formless, it was dark, it was void. Anybody got some areas like that in your life? It's dark. It's formless. You got some situations, you got some family, you got some things going on, and man, it is dark. It, and, and if you break it down, the Bible says, It's chaotic. I mean, some chaotic, you know, every example, you have some chaotic situation. Like, this is crazy. And the Bible says that this is what the earth, but the spirit hovered over it. And then God says, he speaks. And he says, let there be light. And there was light. And you know the rest of the chapter. He begins to, and things begin to form and take place. The Bible, when we talk about it, the same spirit lives in you. And so when you see those dark areas, the first thing you got to do is speak to it. Speak life into it. Speak life into that person. Speak life into that brother, that sister, that husband, that wife, that relation, that child. Speak life into it. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 47. The Bible says, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. He says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace to it, and or grace, grace to it. This, I want to read the message version so we can bring it home a little bit more. The message angel, messenger angel said, can't you tell? No, sir, I said. Then he said, this is a God's message to Zerubbabel. You can't force these things. They only come about through my spirit, says God of angels' army. So big mountain, who do you think you are? Next to the reach network, you're nothing but a molehill. He'll proceed to set the cornerstone to, in place, accompanied to, by cheers of yes, do it, yes, do it. And here's a powerful thing about this is God is reminding him, hey, you're building something that you cannot do in your own strength. You're trying to establish something because before they tried and they tried in their own strength. But in the in the opposition, it caused them to fail, caused them to fall short. And so God is reminding him, hey, what you're building, if you're building something spiritual, you're building a life, you're building a family, you're building whatever, you're building something spiritual. Then you have to understand that it's not by might, it's not by power. You do what you got to do. But the Bible says it's by my spirit, says the Lord. So when you understand that it's by the spirit, then you can look at the mountain, the opposition, the dark places and say, who are you, great mountain? Before me and my family, you shall what? Become a mole. You shall become flat. You've got to speak right to it. You know, when, when God gave me this word, I, the way I drive to my church, there's a mountain every day. Every, when I go to go we go set up for church and every, and God reminds me to that mountain. I speak to that mountain. That's just me. I speak to that mountain because here's the thing. You and I, the Bible says the power of life and death is what is in our tongue. And sometimes you're already defeated because of what you're already speaking to yourself. Forget physical haters. You, you're your own worst hater. You've beat yourself up already. You've told yourself, I can't do it. It's never going to change. It's never going to work. Well, it's never going to work. 
Because there's power in life in your tongue. And you speak to it. It doesn't mean that the mountain will move tomorrow. But you're in the right place. And you say, I got the word of God. And the last time I checked, his word said it's by his spirit. So this opposition, I'm going to speak to it every day. What are you before me? What are you before me and my family? What are you in my mind? Anxiety, fear, depression, addiction. What are you? You're going to fall flat. You're going to be flat before me. So we cannot face or we cannot build what we're trying to build unless we rely on the spirit of God. You can't just force your way through certain things. You can't do the things that you remember talked about this kingdom that we entered into. You can't just force your way sometimes. There's times in which you got to grab a hold of God. You got to grab a hold of his word. I like to say this a lot of times in my church. Sometimes you got to have church all by yourself. Okay? You throw on one of your songs. Okay? You throw on some hill songs. I know you guys record. You throw on some whatever you like. Bethel, whatever groups you like. You throw it on. You get into some worship. Then you open that good book and you begin to read some scripture to yourself. Right? You preach to yourself. And afterwards you have your own altar call. Lay your hands on your own head. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> and you got to rebuke. Come on, somebody. You got to rebuke the demons in your mind, in your heart. You got to have church all by yourself. You know, while you're driving, while you, whatever you're doing. I, I got to have church real quick. I got to have church real quick. <laughs> I got to have it right now. And rebuke all those things in your mind. You know what I'm saying? God, hey, that same spirit is inside of you. I love coming to church. You need church. You got to be a part of church. But sometimes in between those few days. You got to have church by yourself. You got to learn how to do it. David says, he would say, why so downcast on my soul? Why so disturbed within me? But I'm going to praise him. You know, something's going on in me. Something ain't, I mean, something ain't right. You know it ain't right with you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got, you just, you, it's okay to talk to yourself sometimes. What's going on? Something's off. <laughs> something ain't right. You ain't crazy, you know. Let them know. I'm not crazy, you know. Just something ain't right. Man, why so downcast? What's going on? But I'm going to praise the Lord anyways. I can't figure it out, but I'm just, God, thank you. Thank you that I got you and I can come to you and I can call out to you and, and God deliver you and heal you in that place. Amen. The right mentality is so important. We're going to face those mountains, but you got to have a right mindset. That's why the fight is crazy in your mind. It's so crazy. It's like World War Four, Five, and Six. It's all of them. Just going on in your mind. It's the battle of the mind. You know, they talk about, uh, you know, one of the things going on right now, we, and, and a lot of times we don't notice it, but the, the big war that's going on is in, is in space. It's underwater. It's in things that we cannot see. And one of the things I said, it's a fight for the atmosphere. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I was like, that, that's real. Because the Bible says we don't fight against flesh and blood. Against these unseen spirituality. You know what I'm saying? They're talking about physical and space, but there's a bigger war going on. It's a fight for the atmosphere. It's a fight for your mind. It's a fight for what it, the fight for the truth. Misinformation. Come on now. That's not uh, just it's something spiritual is going on. There's a fight for the atmosphere. There's a fight for what, what you're saying and what you're thinking. There's a fight for your attention. You got to bring that back to God. There's a fight for you. The right mentality is so key. If you're going to come against these mountains, come against the right mentality, the right place, the right positioning. And looking at your family and, and speaking what needs to be said. So first thing, you got to speak to it. Speak the right thing. God, what do you want me to say about it? What do you want me to say? 
What should I say about this situation? How should I talk? How should I speak? The second thing is, don't despise it. In verse 10, it says, who dares despise the day of small things? Since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel. Let's dig into this a little bit. How many times have things been written off or abandoned because they were small? You know, we live in a world where it's just about being, you know, you want to be a part of the big thing, isn't it? If it's small, I don't want to be a part of it. How many things are written off? Maybe you've been written off. Because you ain't got much. Someone ripped me. What are you going to do for me? You ain't got much. In your own mind. Why are you trying to build this family? What do you mean trying to build a relationship with God? Small town, look at you. Mess up all the time. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and you're trying to live for God. You're trying to build this. Trying to do something different for your family. Do something different for your life. But what are you going to do? And it's easy to despise Things that are small. Things that seem to have no value and no purpose and no future. It's easy to, to despise the beginnings of something. You know, it's like a uh, um, new addition, the song, Can You Stand the Rain? You know what I'm saying? You know that song, Can You Stand the Rain? Hey, you could be with me right, on a sunny day, but can you stand that rain? Can you stand those dark days, those cloudy days of my life? How many great, you great for, I'm, I'm telling you, we're grateful for the Lord to be and you grateful uh, to be with us, to be with me in those dark places. But you know what I'm saying? How important that is. And people abandon ministries, they abandon people, they abandon lives when they're small. And so the, the, the God is saying in this word, He says, Who dares despise the days of small beginnings? There's a little anger. And the reason is because since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel. These seven eyes, basically, they represent God's view, his providence, his view through the earth, where he looks to and fro from the earth. These seven, this is what it means. And so what he's saying here is how can you despise something that I favor? How can you despise something that I have providence for, that I've made a way for, that I died for? How dare, who dares despise the thing that I call favored? The world may say one thing. Oh, but God says a whole nother thing. And a prayer in our heart says, God, help me to see it the way that you see it. Help me to see it and to know it like you know it. I don't want to see it like, because that's what Paul says. He says, I no longer look at people from the old perspective. He says, I no longer look at people from a worldly perspective. That's how I used to look at people, and I killed them. But the minute that I gave my life to Jesus and God opened his eyes, he says, oh, no, it's different now. I see it from another view. And sometimes God has to change your perspective on things. The mountain, you looked at it, wow, that's crazy. It's impossible. Can't go over it. Ain't nothing going to change. Say, so God, help me to change this. Help me to change my view that I would speak to this obstacle, I would speak to this opposition and have the right understanding about it. How can you dare, dare, how can you despise something that I favor? Even though it seems weak, even though where you're starting it seems small, it seems impossible, like nothing could ever change, God will give it success. God will give you success. Don't ever despise small things. 
History is laden with that of people despising things and people and companies. And years later, they grow into something mighty and powerful. The Bible said that you can have faith as small as a mustard seed. But that thing, when it begins to grow, ever, ever studied the mustard seed? Man, that thing grows into a mighty tree. It's tiny, it's small, one of the smallest form of seeds. But man, when that thing grows, don't despise. In your life, wherever you're building, don't despise it. I know it can get frustrating. I know it seems like someone's not changing or that your circumstances are not changing, but don't become bitter. Don't become angry. Don't, beca- don't become frustrated and stop the good work that God has put you on. No, cultivate that thing. And, and even if you got to do as the boss, you got sometimes you got to sow in tears. It's not always fun. The building process is not fun. It's not fun, but you believe in that thing. You believe it because God spoke it to you or God is challenging you or you saw it in his word or you believe in your heart that this is something good to build. And you let God build it in your life. God won't abandon it. The Bible says that a nursing mother would forget her child before he forgets you. He's not abandoned. He says my mother and father would leave me before my Lord would. That's deep. He doesn't abandon you. I never leave you. I never, how many stand on that promise? He'll never leave me, never forsake me. Some of you, that was just your word for tonight, that you would just stand on that. God, I, you'll never leave me and never forsake me. You'll never leave me and never, I, I feel alone, but your word says you never left me. You'll never abandon me. You'll never leave me by myself. You'll never leave me broken. You'll never leave me frustrated. Yeah, I may not see it now, but God, you've got me. As, 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 as David wrote, he says, I walked through that valley of that shadow of death. But guess what? I ain't going to fear no evil. Why? Because your rod, your staff, it's with me. So even if I got, I'm not, I've got to walk through that shadowy valley of my life. And maybe you're there today. I want to tell you that God is watching you. God's got you. He's going to bring you through. Hold on. Cling on. Don't die in the process. Hold on to him. Cling on to him. God will bring you out. God will bring, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, God, I have plans to prosper you. To give you an expected end. An expected end. It means I got a plan for your life. Something's going to come out of the mess. I work all things for good together for the good of those who, who love me. I've got it all. How many believe he's got an expected end for me? I don't know where you're at today in life. But he's got an expected end for you. He's got an end process for you. He's working things on your behalf. Don't give up on the Lord. He will never give up on you. And this final thing I want to look at today. The third thing we need, and I had no better title for that section, just that we need some oil. That's it. I just need some oil. Sometimes, right, you just fix the car. Oh, you just need some more oil. That's it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You just need to get an oil change, baby. And your car will be brand new. So you just need some oil. That's what, just need some oil. In verse 11, and if you could put up that picture, I, I didn't know if it came out blurry. I don't know, but I don't know if you guys got it. But this, it says that, uh, yeah, here we go. Because I want you to see it. I, I want you to kind of understand what, what uh, Zechariah is seeing here. It says, in the angel, then I asked the angel, what are these two olive trees on the right and left of the lampstand? Again, I asked him, what are these two olive branches beside the two gold pipes that pour out golden oil? And he replied, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I said. So he did. 
So he said, these are the two who are anointed to serve the Lord of all the earth. So he is looking at this picture. He, he can imagine what he's seeing here. He sees these two olive trees. And olive trees in the Old Testament had to, and even New Testament, even today, they had, uh, uh, olive trees have so much value. So much value. And what perplexed Zechariah about this is normally the priest, right, would, would pour in oil. They would trim this. They, 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 he understood this picture. It would be in the temple. And usually the, the, um, the priest, they would trim it. They would pour oil themselves. But something that was different about this time, this vision, is that the oil was coming directly from the trees. Right? I want you to understand something. This was a picture of the church. Okay, we, it's, going, it's about crazy right now. But he, he said his, it, he poured... The, the olive oil was constantly pouring oil was never running out never running out okay and so it perplexed him and so he asked he asked the angel of the lord multiple times i want to stop there briefly on that because when you study that a little bit more there was this inquisitiveness he didn't allow what he didn't understand to stop him from saying god what's going on and some of y'all catching that on today where there's power to not just to saying What's that? I, I got to study that a little bit more. I heard Pastor Omar, Pastor, I heard, heard them preach something. I got to say, I got to, Pastor, what you mean by this? And, and there was something that, 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 that he was inquisitive. I'm not just going to take no for an answer. I've got to ask you multiple times because this is different. There's something special about this. And I don't want to miss the understanding. I got to dig in. It's amazing how when you got to press a little bit more, what God will show you. When you pray just a little bit more, what God would show you. You know, you press in a little bit more and, 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 and you let God speak to you. God will speak to you. And so when you begin to study this, that what these, what these two trees represented is they, they were anointed ones or the two sons of oil. They represented at that time, but it doesn't name, but some thought it was uh, the priest, uh, uh, Joshua and, uh, and, and, uh, and Zerubbabel. And so they, they, they thought that maybe that was them, but... Nonetheless, what they represented was two anointed ones, or the two sons of oil, or other words, meaning people possessed of oil, an oil bearer, channels in which oil flowed to others. And oil, if you know, oil is a representation of the anointing of God. Okay, you're tracking with me here now. The anointing, this is what it is, that oil is represent this anointing. It was constantly flowing, but it was constantly flowing through two people. In which it would begin to feed the church. And God said, hey, this is the, that's a picture of my church, of his oil being poured out and poured into people. Luke 17, 21 says, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. John 14, verse uh, 21 says, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by the father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Not just show myself to him, but I will make myself at home with them. I will personally reveal myself in their lives. We are living in a day and age where, and I get it, I, I, you know, you pursue different things. But I want to just, just for sake of conversation, you pursue what you got to pursue. And it's not against what you, you're pursuing or what you get your education in. But the world doesn't need more doctors. Okay? They don't need more businesses. They don't need more administrators. They don't need uh, uh, more mechanics. They don't need more uh, uh, whatever. What the world needs is more men and women of God filled with the oil. Right? Filled with spiritual authority. 
And I love it, like I said before, not based off of what you drive, what you wear, what house you live in, how many degrees you got, how many degrees you don't have. Just based off men and women who are willing to stand in the house of God and say, God, fill me so I can constantly be an outpouring. Come on into my family, into my job, into my church. And this is what God is doing. This is he's pouring out his oil. I want to be possessed by the spirit of God. I want to be possessed by the spirit of God. I tell my church this all the time. And my pastor, and our, my dad, my pastor always says is that we are the most powerful people on this earth. And he's been saying this for years. He'd always say, he says, when you show up, God shows up. How many have that mentality? I may not make a whole lot of money. I may not have a whole lot going on, but I'll tell you one thing I have. I'll tell you one thing I have. And as Peter said, he says, that thing I have, I'll give unto thee. Rise up and walk. Be healed. Be restored. Be the man of God. Be the woman of God I called you to be. It's in the presence of God. It's in this place. It's what, pe- what God wants to do in this day and age. Men and women just saying, God, I'm here. Fill me up. Fill me up. I don't know about you, but I want to be a, I know they have wind talkers. I want to be a mountain talker. You know what I'm saying? I want to be God. I, and that was my prayer coming into, I'm going to close with this. The worship team can come. I, I, I was, I was praying, get my, you know, my mind ready and trying to get my heart ready for, for tonight. And I said, God, just, just help us to, to be just mountain talkers. Like God, help us to not be afraid to, to call upon you. And, and that when we pray and we grab a hold of you, that the mountains become flat and plains. That lives are transformed, that people come to salvation, that they're healed mentally and emotionally, that addictions are broken, family curses are broken. That's God used me for that. I love it because guess what? In this time and age, that's who God is using. And I love it. I thank you, Lord. I'm so grateful. God, it's my time to shine. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's our time to shine, but it's our time because it's in this time. God said in those days, these last days where he said, I'm going to pour out my spirit. He says, I'm making a distinction between those who love me and those who do not. I'm going to make a distinction, he says. He's going to make a distinction. I don't know about you, but I want to be on the right side of that. God, when you're ready to move, the Bible says he looks to and fro on that earth, looking to who can fill that gap. I'm looking for a man and woman I can fill with my spirit, who's open. When the Son of Man, the Bible says, when he comes back, will he find people of faith? God, I hope when you look that you find me. Are you fine? Our church reach San Fernando Valley, the reach network that when you're looking for, and that's my prayer. That's a sincere prayer that God, when you're looking to move, oh, make your spirit fall on us. I know you can use any other church, but use mine. Oh, I know you can use any life, but God use my life. I'm just here. I'm just here. Just pour your spirit upon me. Just pour your spirit upon my mind. Pour your spirit upon my heart, uh, upon my situations. Fill me with your words so that I can speak life into people. That I, I could be a witness unto you. That you would use my story. You would use my history. You'd use it to reach the lost and reach the broken. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads tonight. Let's just, in reverence to God, just meditating, man. Some I believe that God is putting a, a fire into some of you tonight. Reminding you of who you are in the kingdom of God. Encouraging you to get back into the fight. To get back into building again. He's removing that discouragement. He's removing that insecurity. He's removing that doubt and that fear. He's challenging you to speak to that mountain, them oppositions. Don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of the dark places. 
Stand firm. Stand your ground. Stand your ground spiritually. And speak the word of God over your mind. Speak the word of God over your family. Though it waits, though it tarries, though it takes some time, it will come to pass. You may not see it right away, but don't get discouraged. You are in the right place. You are in the house of God. God is putting some oil into you. He's anointing you to be mountain speakers, to be mountain movers. I just want to take a moment for those of you in this place today that maybe you don't know the Lord. Maybe you don't know Jesus, but but God is pulling on your heart. He's tugging on your heart, or maybe you've been at some distance, but he's bringing you back again. Maybe you started off right, but you fell away. It got tough. It got difficult. You got discouraged. But God is calling you back to the fold. He's calling you back, son and daughter, saying, come back. Rebuild the process again. I'm with you. Rely on my spirit. Rely on my strength. And if that's you today, I want to just lift your hand. If you say, I got to come back to the Lord. This is our first of two altar cards. Say, I need the Lord. I need to come back. If that's you tonight, just lift your hand. We're going to pray for you to accept Jesus in your life. I'm going to give you that opportunity in this place. I see one hand. Anybody else in this place? Anybody else? Any other hands? I see two. Amen. Yes. Yes, Lord. Anybody else in this? Come on, we're going to pray. This is the first and foremost and important part of our night. See those hands. Amen. Those that lift your hands, can you stand? Can you come? I want to pray. I want to pray for you, please. Come on. Don't be embarrassed. No, come on. Come on. Come on. And church, I want you to stand as well. Church, let's stand. Let's all stand. I want us all to stand. I know. But I, I, I want because whether you're making a decision to come back or you're making the first commitment, come back, come back, or first commitment, come back to him. Commitment. Ooh, there we go. And, and I, I, I know it's a lot of everyone. But I want, I want to pray over you guys specifically because Remember, there's, there's opposition that comes. There's a fight that comes from those that give their life to the Lord. And the process isn't easy. But I want to pray for, as a church that just anointing would fall on you guys, would fall on your life, and you would finish that race. You would finish building what God is. So God is faithful. That God who began to go work, he's faithful to finish it. And that commitment to him, you make that commitment to God is going to help you. That spirit of God, you rely on it. You're in a good church. That spirit of God, you, you rely on him. And he will help you fill in the gaps and the pieces that you can't fill in. And so I want to lead you in a prayer. Those of you that maybe you didn't raise your hand, but something's moving, I want you to pray with me. Can you lift your hands? Say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I'm coming to you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for a second chance. I pray that your spirit would fill me, fill my mind, and fill my heart. Make me new. Give me the strength that I need to run the race that you've called me to run. I thank you for healing. I thank you for hope. And I thank you for a future. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Church, let's pray over the Father. We just pray right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you would anoint my brother, that you would anoint my sister, God, that you would heal their hearts, God, that you would begin to mold them and shape them into the men and women that you've called them to be. We as a church are getting behind this, Lord. God, I pray that you would hear our prayers, break every chain, every curse started right now because of the decision they are making to come to you, Lord. I make a way, God, where there seems to be no way. God, make a way. Cause the mountains to be flat. Raise up every valley, God. Remove every opposition, God, that is before them. Oh, give us supernatural anointing. Give them words. God, give them a mind after you, a heart after you. Oh, anoint them, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, give them a shout of praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for these lives. Thank you for these lives. Amen. Amen. We're going to do the second altar call now. The second part of this, I love this, giving our lives to Jesus. Man, all the heavens rejoices. So rejoice, be excited, go in his power. And I want to do, you can, I want to pray for those today that you are facing some mountains in your life. I want you to come right now. Because what I'm going to believe today, what we're going to pray about today is that God would give weight to your words. That you would carry some spiritual kingdom weight. That you're making a decision that say, I'm going to be a mountain talker today. That God's going to give you words to speak over your family. And guess what? If you don't know, I'm not talking about making it over spiritual where you're going to get like this divine word. There's a scripture that God wants to put in your heart. There's a particular scripture that you heard and you've got to, you know, you've got to plast that, uh, put it everywhere. That's why you got to read his word. You're already prophetic. I know it's nice when people give words, but you're already prophetic. That word of God is in you. Work, work it out. Grab the word and speak it over your life and say what it's going to become. Every mountain, you got to come low. You've got to be made low. Every valley raised up. Come on, every family curse broken. I'm starting it now. I'm starting it now. Come on, church, begin to, with your own words, begin to speak life. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a family thing. Maybe it's a money thing. Maybe it's an emotional thing. Begin to speak now. Speak life into it that this, this situation will change. That my mind and life will be renewed. That my family and loved ones will be saved. They'll come to know the Lord. That my kids will be made right. Come on, somebody. Continue to declare it right now. Let the power fill you. Let the Spirit fill you. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.